Okay. To start though, do we have to? Do we also have to release a statement about Cherry or no? No, I don't think so. No Don Cherry talk. No. No politics. No. One thing I, but I I, I do want to touch on that quick. Apparently, um, and not apparently. I've actually heard this before a lot. Uh, you know Vic, right? Yeah, yeah. Vic Hadfield, former captain of the Rangers, re- number retired at Madison Square Garden. Um, he absolutely is, like hates Don Cherry because Don Cherry used to call him a rat for leaving the 1972 Summit yeah, Series team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because they told him he's not gonna, you don't, you're not gonna play, you're not gonna practice, and so he said, okay, I'm going home to get ready for the season. Call me if you need me. And Don Cherry ripped him for it because he called him a rat. Don Cherry's an idiot. He's been an idiot for a long time. That's the bottom line. He's lost it. But, oh well. R.I.P. Anywho, let's continue. Episode 8. Number 8. Who comes to your mind first? Ovechkin. Uh, from the Leafs. Leafs history. From the Leafs. I don't know. I'm sure they have an 8 retired. Who is it? Who, who for you? I don't know. Mike Commissaire. Carlo Coliacolo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> who's who's? Is there a eight retired? I uh, don't think so. I don't know. We'll look that up later. Anywho, no, because Muzzin wears eight, so it can't be. Whatever. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, episode eight, uh, quarter season. We're at the quarter season now. Twenty games in exactly after this game against the Islanders. I know we're a day late, but you know, Friday's the new Thursday, I guess. So, lot to talk about this game. It seems like the Vegas game was well, one week ago. It feels like three at this point uh, from how much hockey we actually got to enjoy this week. But a lot to touch on. We're going to go Leafs Week in Review real quick. Real quick and dirty. And then we're going to just muck a big quarter season. Thoughts, MVP, who exceeded expectation, we're gonna we're gonna put our paw prints all over this. As always, joined by Josh, another over the phone episode, but it's gonna be we, we got a lot we got we got some interesting content here. You ready? Lot to say. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Overall thoughts on this week. What did you? What do you have for that? You want to start? Yeah. I mean, it was not a good week. Uh, what else is there to say? Uh, the Vegas game truly does feel like three weeks ago with all the hockey that we've and that we've mm-hmm. been through and everything that's happened injury uh, waving a goalie it's been it's been a lot I mean and you know what things are not going as smooth as most in Toronto would have expected by this point to say the least so exactly I mean yeah that Vegas game feels like the last the last like solid game they put together I mean Vegas is a very good team Malcolm Subban played in my opinion surprisingly well surprisingly I agree yeah I thought we were gonna we were out to eat out to feast that game when I saw Malcolm Subban playing but I mean 35 saves on 37 shots I don't think either of the goals are really his fault um I mean, I skated with Malcolm Subban. My thoughts from seeing him that far, like that up close, he's an extreme athlete. He's pretty big in the net too. He's very fast, can move incredibly well. But when it came to game time, it seems, I don't know, the puck just seems to miss him. And 
as a goalie, that's uh, as, a, as from a goalie's standpoint, that's a, that's a pretty big part of the game. It's getting in front of the puck, actually. You know, so. But yeah, this game, uh, a sick, sick Marner to Tavares feed to finish it off. We hadn't seen that too too much this year, so that was very much needed. But other than that, seems like the the, the last good game this week, and. Yeah, to go into the the Philadelphia game, do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, we watched that game together. It was mm-hmm. uh, kind of a boring game, especially I think compared to the same te- same team they played. They played Philly the, literally exactly a week before, yeah. previous Saturday, and this one was was not the most exciting hockey game. I don't, it feels like I've been saying that a lot about the Leafs when they, they the last two or three years they've been an extremely exciting team to watch. At least even when they lose. It'd be fun games. And I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could consider that Chicago game a little more fun. There's a lot of goals. But like this game was just just lacked something to me for me. I don't know. What did you think? Maybe because there was a couple good uh, college football games on around it. That's too. true as well. <laughs> That's true as well. Huh? There, was that, there was that there. But um, yeah, to go into a shootout again against uh, the Flyers. Uh, one thing I want to point out. Um, CBC's broadcast of this game. They missed... They totally just did not show John Tavares' shootout attempt. Yeah. Like that that's I don't know what happened there. I still haven't seen it. You have one job play the game and they just didn't do that. But I mean, kudos to the least. I don't think they should have been a couple kind of lucky ish goals by the Flyers, I wanna say. I mean that Oscar Lindblom tip was just complete nonsense. Hit him twice and went in. But kudos to the least to scratch back and come back into it. Uh, obviously, the Matthews line, Matthews, Janssen, Nylander line brought them back into it because it seems like that's been the only forward line to click this year on a consistent basis. But, uh, yeah, the two games, that I, I mean, concerning games kind of thing. The Isles and the Blackhawks as we move away from this Philly game. That Blackhawks game to start was so bad I have never seen a more like a poor defensive effort than I did from the Leafs they seemed scared of the Blackhawks they seemed scared of all of five foot seven of Alex the Brinkat and you know I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna keep running may I have the floor here Yes, go ahead. Let's let's hear it. Go off. Go off. That was the most ridiculous defensive performance I've ever seen in my life. How can you give the these the best stick handler in the league in Patrick Kane, um, Alex the Brain Cat, Jonathan? They they gave them time. They gave them space. What the hell do you think is going to happen there? Not only did they give them time and space, then they gave them defensive breakdowns. That goal it was the the first goal. Cody Cece. I mean. The guy's such a talent, I guess he forgot what uh, what net he was putting it on there. But not only did they score on their own net, they broke down defensively. Riley decided that he didn't want to play his side of the ace anymore. Or I don't even know what the hell was going on. Everyone seemed all mixed up. Both defensemen ended up on the same side of the ice. Left, I think it was the Brinkat, wide open back door. And then Poet, like just, they tipped it into their own net. I don't think that line can get any worse defensively. I think you could run them, like Oklahoma drill them, 
and run their heads together so hard that they get so concussed that they can't see out of one eye, I bet they would be better defensively than they have been this entire season because it has made no sense that they just run around with their heads cut off every time that the opposing team seems to rush in past our the red line and come into our zone. So not only that, not only were we breaking that defensively, the giveaway by Muzzin on that the Kirby Doc goal Dosh goal was also terrible. And then just Kane, like Spetsa missing a defensive assignment by like three three Canadian sized football fields. Like, dude, you're barely getting into the lineup and you're coasting coming off the draw, leaving Patrick Kane wide open like that. Give me a break. And then in all of that shitstorm, you can't get a save either? It was shit. It, it was tough to watch. And then on yeah, top of this, Jerry on top, the Cowboys lost too. <laughs> so just, just take me out back. Oh my God. No, that first period was, that was just ugly. I think that was the worst effort of the season. Maybe mm-hmm. that in the Montreal game from a couple Saturdays ago. It's just, mm-hmm. that was horrendous, man. That was, it was really hard to watch. And the funny thing is, as, as they often do in the third period, because of how much talent we have when Mike Backrock stops overcoaching, just kind of lets the, the skill guys go. And mm-hmm. you know what? They picked up three goals in that period, tried to make it a game, but... At the end of the day, it just it wasn't enough. You know what? And, and that game, they're really, I think the moment that sealed it for Hutchinson is in the third period when they brought it to a, um, to, I think, I believe it was a 4-3, yeah, a 4-3 game. And well, you just got to have that save on that sod tip in front. I'm sorry. You just have to. Like when your team needs it, you're just coming off a couple minutes after Tavares scored on the power play. The momentum swinging a bit, and you just you gotta have that. Kudos to him though. He did make a couple good saves after the fourth goal. I mean, there was one directly after a couple here and there, but yeah, that fifth goal, just uh, like it, there was not just air taken out of the game, just your life. You could see the look on on the players' faces when that goal went in. It was just you're right. It was a deflating deflating goal, and it ended up costing him his job. Unfortunately, maybe it wasn't just that play. But yeah, Hutchinson. Sorry to jump ahead, but he he hasn't been good enough this year. No, no, no. he did not give he did not give you the save. Like he just didn't play to an NHL level. He didn't give you the saves when you needed them. Um, and I mean, he didn't get the best defensive efforts in front of him. But I just feel like I don't think like he was. It wasn't all like those losses weren't all his fault. No, but no. you gotta come up with a save in key times and you just can't go back to a guy where it looks like the team is just playing significantly worse in front of them because they're trying to I don't know they're thinking a different way when it's Fred back there it's just natural it's just we we go out we play hockey like it goes back the other way okay Fred's got us Hutchinson it was a different situation I don't think Cascasuo's much better than Hutchinson at all I don't even think he's better than Hutchinson I think he's about par with him but He's a different person. Like, that's all they need back there. They just need someone not named Michael Hutchison to to play in the to play in net. They just lost all confidence in him and it it really showed. It's unfortunate. I mean and I mean one big win that Hutchinson can take away from this is that uh, his numbers with the Leafs Four 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 with an eight seven nine save percentage is still better than my numbers with Laurier. So there's a win. I mean, you can find a win in every nook and cranny of life, I suppose. But 
Yeah. No, you're right. But I, I think I agree. I don't think he's up to par. He has not played up to par this season. But I mean, Bob McKenzie on Twitter made a pretty good point. The Leafs didn't really, in terms of the coaching staff, didn't really put him in a situation for him to succeed no. at all. I mean, he play, only plays in back-to-backs. And generally, how we've played in back-to-backs over the last calendar year, you're yeah. pretty much putting him in a situation to fail there. So, feel bad for the guy. But ho- hopefully, again, I agree. I don't think uh, Kaskasuk, I don't even know how to pronounce his Kaskasu. name. Kaskasuk. 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 I don't, I don't even think he's... He's an upgrade. He hasn't shown anything to be an, to prove he would be an upgrade. But no. just having a different body in there right now is necessary. And no. because of the current cap situation on the Leafs and which goalies are out there, there's not really another option for the Leafs, in, in, at least in the short term. So Yeah, Louis Domingue was snatched up, but he's not very good either, I don't think. Um, we did see that tweet from Dave Pe- Pegnata about saying that uh, Scott Darling is available. But, I mean, hopefully, I mean, Scott Darling could be an interesting one. You, you, you have any comments on that one? Yeah, he obviously had that really nice end of his tenure in Chicago, including mm-hmm. really stepping in well in the playoffs. But, man, was he bad in Carolina. He really yeah. was. And really, really bad. But who knows? Again, goalies can I don't even How many games did he even play for Carolina? It wasn't uh, that many. He got 40 starts in his first year there. That year was just made no sense. It seemed like he was coming into his own at one point and then just crashed back down. I remember in game, some games he would make highlight reel saves that you would see for days afterwards, but then he'd let in goals from just about everywhere kind of thing. It was insane. His goal saved above average was a minus 28.22. And then the next year, he got eight starts and just, again, stunk out the joint and didn't, I don't even think played well in the AHL. And now he's in Austria. But, I mean, this is still a guy who, as a backup for Chicago, posted a, a 9.36, a 9.15, and a 9.24. So, as I, I think maybe we can uncover him. It's, it's, it's a free pickup. So I agree. It's, it's worth better. a shot. I don't know if that's something they're looking at, but. We'll have to see what's, what happens. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree. Again, maybe he really just had one bad year where he was put in a position to be the starter or the or in a 1A, 1B position. So I I'm not, I wouldn't rule him out as a good backup no. at this point either. So I'm not no. against the suggestion at all. No, Kaskasua has put forth, what, half-decent playoffs and then a good start to this season. Start, but yeah. he's he playing... At, yeah, he's playing in front of the best AHL team in the right, league. So right. there's also that to consider. Um yeah, and then this Islanders game. I mean, I don't know. Like, just it seemed like they didn't know who they were playing against, and we didn't get that like that many chances. I feel from the bottom six, there was a good chance by Nick Batan in the first period, um, but just the giveaways in your own zone, like just it just like. Like, you got to know who you're playing against. This is the Highlanders. They're going to be gritty. They're going to be on you. They're going to try to cause turnovers. Like, that's been their whole game all year. They're going to keep you to the outsides in the offensive zone. Like, and then what did they do? They just fell into the Islanders game. So, what did you think of this one? I actually have a a quick can I have the floor rant to start talking about this game. And this is a theme that has been often discussed in Leaf broadcasts is that they start slow, which is true. They've given up the first goal in, I believe, 15 of the 20 games this season. Yeah. 
But I mean, in this game, in this environment, where where you know that crowd is going to be rocking and they're going to be all over Tavares in that first period, you need to come out with a better effort to start this game. I'm sorry, yeah. it, it was not good enough, in my opinion. It, it wasn't. Not like, at all. Like if this isn't the game when you start firing on all cylinders, what what is the game? Because you know, like I understand, there's this is all hypothetical. We don't know. It's not that they're not trying. They're, I mean, they're they're grown men, hockey players. They're given they're given effort. But I mean, come on, in this in this environment, you gotta start a little better than yeah. they did in this game. You gotta have a little more jam. I mean, you know, you're gonna get the. The trash bags throwing the Tavares jersey, stepping on it. They're going to get the we don't need you chance. Um, we didn't get as many snakes as I thought. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, like, have some – show some pride for your captain. Like, just add, And then he got rocked and nobody did anything about it. Like, I don't know, just uh, – feels like this team just needs to get their man card taken from them. Like – like just from the beginning of this, like do something. Like it's it's verbal meme. Like the guy with the stick poking, and it's the Maple Leafs logo. Do something. God. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was definitely a a, <coughs> tough, a tough game to to be you know drop three games in a row, heading into a weekend where you got a back to back with Boston and Pittsburgh. I mean. Yikes! Yeah, it, it, it's uh, we could be looking at five losses in a row here. Honestly, it's not that inconceivable. Yeah, it, it really it'll be isn't. interesting to see is Crosby back for the the no, game. No, he's not. Week. He's not. He's going to be out a couple big weeks win. now, at least with the hernia. So there's a big win there, at but, least. So, but I mean, another point you you had this week or about about this game that that carryovers for the whole week of or the four game stretches. The bottom six was pretty much invisible this week to me. Yeah. I don't know how many goals they chipped in. I don't have the numbers. I think zero. It was just the Matthews line this week. Like, I mean, literally, I think, I, I it was think, terrible. Yeah, it, 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 was, it wasn't good. It, it really wasn't. I, I think Catherine had a goal against Islanders, but he was playing with Tavares. So, again, yeah, the bottom yeah. six had zero contribution to to the Leafs this week, which was, which was ugly. I mean, the Matthews line was absolutely on fire. Nylander probably had his best week in I don't know two or three seasons yep. honestly he was amazing this week um, but yeah it's uh, you know what at the at the quarter season mark not, not good not good for the Leafs honestly I thought that they would like it, it makes sense that they would start slow 10 max 15 games but it's continued past that kind of thing I mean when you bring together so many new pieces uh, like Barry, Kerfoot, CC, uh, the list goes on. I, Mikhaev in there as well. You start the season with some injuries with uh, Hyman, Dermott. You lose Tavares for a little while. It makes sense that you start slow, but I mean, this has just been. There are some guys that have just. I don't know. Like, they're somersaulting backwards down a double black diamond like it, it makes no sense that to continue this far like to, for a quarter season for them to not be clicking yet and it even goes back in, into the regular season last year it just didn't feel like this team was this team was clicking do you agree with that like 
I, I totally agree. I, I mean, there's just right now there's a lack of uh, I don't maybe the word is intense. There's a lack of intensity about the way this team plays night in night out. You're right. It, something is missing for sure. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I I, I don't think it's possible to pinpoint one particular no. factor as being the biggest issue. But you're right. It's there for this season especially. They have definitely not gelled the not way that this no group chance. of talented players should have. The consistency with this team is horrendous because there are games where they will sleepwalk through almost the entire game and then they'll magically flip the switch, pop a couple goals because they're just so much... They outmatch the other team's lines by 10 country miles and then like, then they just go back... Like the Montreal game on that Saturday night. Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada in Montreal... You do nothing for the first period. You leave the first period still in the game. You play a good second period, and then it's good night, Jim Kite. Like, I like it makes it's it's mind blowing, and it's been so frustrating. But who's been to you? Who's been your MVP this season? Like, without a doubt, best player on the Leafs so far. That's an easy question. Yeah, it's Austin Matthews again. 100%. He's the best player on the Leafs. He is the the man in Toronto, and he's honestly lived up to it this year. I believe, he, as of current recording, he's eighth in the NHL in points. He's got thirteen goals this year, top five in goals, right in there in the Rocket Rocket um, conversation. Right, and, and he's played well. Honestly, has has he had a couple defensive lapses? Yeah, sure, okay. So is everyone. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he scored his usual amount of absolute snipes, mm-hmm. and, and he he's been awesome as usual. He he Austin Matthews is a superstar in this league. The Leafs are lucky to have him, and and he he's one of the best players to watch in the league for me. I love watching mm-hmm. him play, and, and and he's been so far the best player on the Leafs as he should be. So this week he oh I got it wrong. I'm just trying. How many points did he have this week? Do you know? He had eight points in those four games, I believe. He had four assists against Chicago, two against Philadelphia. I don't think he and then one against the Islanders and then against Vegas. He scored. He scored that. He scored. So that was his last goal. So three games without a goal and then one with, and he still had. Still, he's been lights out. He's been lights out, and so is that line. Like, William Nylander, every single game, it seems, gets chances. Yeah, I, if you had to tell me the number two for MVP, it would be William Nylander, honestly. And he gets, as usual, he gets unnecessarily criticized, as we've talked about. And you know what? Especially in the last five-ish games, he has he's turned it on. played well. The points have shown. He's, exactly. He's converted points. that positive mm-hmm. uh, positive effort on the ice into production. And... and it's about time, you know. Mm-hmm. He's finally getting the bounces that his play deserves, and I'm happy for him. Do you think that the first Islanders goal, the Janssen giveaway at the uh, neutral zone, was his fault at all? No, I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. That's the type of goal that I, I, I would be remiss to point out, to, to blame one guy on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought there was three players on the ice that yeah. that could have contributed, and, and, and to, to blame one or the other there, I, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. that's true. That's true. I mean, that was a brutal turnover at center. I, I, I didn't like the way that uh, Anderson played against the Islanders, but uh, the other games, I, I mean, he, I mean, uh, yeah, I think, 
Uh, for me, yeah, number one for sure, Austin Matthews. Number two, uh, it'd have to be between, yeah, Nylander and, and Anderson. I think Anderson yeah. has held us into quite a few games this year. Uh, I mean, his numbers haven't reflected that, obviously, because of like the Tampa Bay game. Uh, but I think he's been, he's had a solid start to the year. I mean, I don't understand that, oh, October he wasn't that good. Okay, he had a couple semi-off and off games. I'll name them. The, the, the St. Louis one, Ottawa, he made a couple key saves to keep them in that. There was a weak goal on the third one, Bobby Ryan. But, and then, so St. Louis, Ottawa, and then obviously Tampa Bay, the whole team just didn't play well. But there's a bunch in there that he was terrific and this entire year he's been terrific i think so i think he deserves a lot of credit uh but for sure i agree with you austin matthews number one so then that brings me to my second point um this start to the season who has exceeded your expectations the most it's a good question i i think i think you'd almost have to say it'd be Ilya makayev a guy we weren't even sure if he would make the team or not and 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 granted he slowed down his production a little bit lately which is to be yeah. expected but you know what he looks like a, a absolute legitimate third line nhl player yeah Honestly, he does a legitimate middle six winger in the nhl and that's more than way more than i expected out of him to be honest he 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 kind of reminds me of Hyman Light, to be honest. Like Somewhat, he, yeah. he he really has has no fear in the corners. Good puck retriever. Yeah. He's responsible defensively. He skates his he skates his ass off. Doesn't have the best finishing ability or no. or the nicest hands. Sometimes it it can be a little ugly, but you know he's definitely been a positive contribution to this Leafs team. I totally agree, and I mean the funny thing is what I see in his play now exactly matches the highlights that I thought that I took what I took from the highlights was he's not going to make the team and I'm still seeing what he's doing now and it's he's an awkward player with the puck because I feel like his stick length is pretty long but that also benefits him in other aspects of the game and that being that he's got a big frame to him he's only 6'2 but he play he looks bigger than that his shoulders are pretty big he's able to shield the puck with that long reach that he's got there uh, and he's able to strip the puck a lot with that long reach as well Um, which I mean that that generates a lot of chances but unfortunately he doesn't have the best finishing ability as you said so that's what's really hampering his production but unfortunately zero points in the last five games so hopefully him and the rest of the third line uh, kick it up a little bit there. Uh, to me, though, the most imp- player that's exceeded my expectations 100% has to be Justin Hole. Uh, this is a guy that was scratched. Seven, he was given the Frankie Corrado treatment. And I mean, the last guy to give, be given... So there was Frankie Corrado scratched 103,000 games. Then there was Josh Levo that happened too, but he was traded. And Honestly, I think Mike Babcock is starting to take a liking to Justin Hole. We see him throw the body a little bit. uh, Showed a little bit of an offensive flair there with his first goal of the season against uh, the Isles there. But I I think he's been steady and he's been been not bad. I I mean, the thing is, he didn't look great last year, obviously. I didn't take anything... I didn't take any of his games to heart last year kind of thing of what he did because when you don't play a defenseman consistently when a, a defenseman 
or even a goaltender is not being given consistent game time, they lose that flow, which you 100% cannot uh, simulate in practice, and it makes it such an uphill battle in games there. So Justin Hole, I think, to me, has been has exceeded my expectations the most. I, I, I agree. I think he would have been my second choice, honestly. And I, I can't figure out, because you know Mike Babcock has something against him. When you get that, that healthy scratch Babcock treatment, there's something, I don't know what it is that he doesn't like about you. The guy's 6'4", and he, he's a right-shot defenseman. Yep, which is exactly what we needed last year. And, and you know what? Again, not the toughest minutes. Not, he's not playing that much, but he's played yeah. really well this year. He's playing well, yeah. And for me personally, maybe we'll get into into CC and Riley later, but I would love to see him sl- even slide up a little bit in the lineup. Maybe you try Riley with Buzzin and you play Dermot and Hall just, just to shake things up. That could yeah. be beneficial for all those guys. Exactly. You know? it, it's, it's interesting because from what I've seen from Hall, he's a decent enough skater for his size. Yeah. He's not overly physical, but he'll lay the body. Yeah. He does a really good job at cutting off zone entries, especially with his stick. I think he also plays a long stick, like you said, with Makaev. He's as a. I've seen him when okay. his legs have failed them. All right, failed him, He's been able to catch up and make good plays with his stick yeah. on guys breaking into the zone. I, I would be all for him getting a bigger opportunity on yeah. this team. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I'd like to see it at least like even a little bit i mean he's almost got i think it was the washington game he almost touched 20 minutes too and he was not bad in that game i think so yeah but definitely some uh, i hope something changes with the defensive alignments because they've been pretty terry and like i don't know if it's it's a double entendre i don't know what the word is uh that i'm trying to figure out here but to see Babcock start playing a guy consistently, like he did with Levo, and now like he's doing with Hole, to see him start playing a guy consistently the year after he scratched him 71 times and played guys like Igor Ozhiganov and Martin Marinson ahead of him, like I don't think Justin Hole's gotten that that much better. He's not young. He hasn't developed. He hasn't grown. And now all of a sudden he's getting minutes? Like, is... I don't know. I feel like... I don't know what, what kind of thought process Mike Babcock puts into doing... Giving guys the Frankie Corrado treatment, but... Damn. He owes, he owes Frankie Corrado a gift basket. That's all I'm going to say. But... Then this brings me to... Uh, your knee-jerk reaction versus your logic. So, what about most disappointing players? Is that okay oh. if we we call some a couple guys out here or what? Yeah, I think we should uh, we should hold guys accountable. I mean, I, I I've mentioned it before a couple podcasts ago, but if Morgan Riley's playing twenty-five. And a half to 26 minutes a night, he's got to be a lot better in his own zone. I'm sorry. I understand he's playing with Cody CC, which is obviously not really uh, helping him at all. But he has just been a mess, to say the least, in his own zone. Yeah, it, it's been ugly, and and it doesn't make sense that he's playing more now. Yeah. Now that we have better defensemen as well, 
in Muzzin and Barry, who, I mean, we'll touch on Barry in a second, but regardless, I, I don't see it. Sorry. I, I, I think, I think him as the, in the shutdown role has never been his forte. It really hasn't. Mm-hmm. The way that Mike Babcock deployed his defense pairings in the seven game series against Boston is how I would like him to do it in the future. Uh-huh. He mostly used Muzzin's pair with what was Muzzin and Zaitsev at the time. Mm hmm match against the Bergeron line yeah. and he made a, con- a concerned effort to get Morgan Riley out there as much as possible not only w- with offensive zones uh, face-off starts but with Matthews line as well and I think that worked really well I think Riley played a lot and he played a lot of minutes that suited him in that series mm-hmm. to start the year we've seen pretty much the opposite of that he's pretty much been our defensive specialist pairing with CC and it has not worked out well it no. really hasn't and and maybe that's amplified from a couple bad giveaways from the pair but oh it, the, the, he's been disappointing so far and it's tough because he's the longest tenured leaf as of right now he's been a great player for us we've seen him develop into one of the better defensemen in the NHL one of the I'm premier not, offensive defensemen for sure, for sure for sure he's 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 in, he's up there. He, he's not one of the best, but you know he's a really good NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't been good enough. And and the second player I would say was better than Reinhardt for sure. Give the second one. player I would say that's disappointed is Tyson Berry. And, yeah. and again, a lot of people are, are, blaming, had, yeah. are blaming this on Mike Babcock. And you know what? If you watch, I'm sure some of it's on Babcock the way he's making him play or recommending him to play. But I'm sorry, it, it, the player has to take some accountability here too. He has brought almost nothing offensively. For yeah. a guy who, who t- almost touched, was it 70 points last year? How many uh, points did he have? 59. 59 in, in 78 games, and then yeah. I think he had... 57 and 68 the year before. Yeah, a 60-point guy, and he's... In it's free been boring year. hockey with it on the ice. In a free it, it really has, year. and I don't know what's going on there. I really don't, but it, it hasn't been good enough, especially considering... It, I mean, if we didn't get Kerfoot back in that Barry trade, it would look a lot worse. Oh, yes. Kadri, because Kerfoot has stepped in and been a very good third-line center for us. And we have him for a couple more years, too. Right. But you know what? Barry was supposed to be a lot better. And he, yeah. he hasn't played terrible. Let's, let's, you know, he hasn't been terrible. At worst, no. he's been a, a net neutral at even strength. But yeah. he's brought, he's brought nothing, none of that offensive flair that we were looking at to get yeah. from him. And it's been disappointing. And it's also sucked that we... You look at the things that Kadri brings, and it's what the Leafs need right now. Right. I right. mean, in terms of just, we need some sandpaper to the lineup, and and as well as the beginning of the season, we did struggle, I think, to draw penalties, which he is a good, he's good at, very good at, and but now we we've come into our own, I think. So uh, that's been that's we've made the adjustment there. But yeah, Tyson Berry, I do want to throw he is. Sixth in defenseman shots on goal this year in the NHL with 53 in 20 games. But I mean, I I think so. I think the goals will come eventually. I think some of those point shots will start to get tipped. They'll go through screens, kind of thing. I mean, the last three games he has. I mean, what's this number here? Eight, 14 shots on goal in three games. So the puck is getting to the net. Maybe it's him thinking too much because they're they're pretty low opportunity chances. Other than he's gotten some decent ones. I know one. He, uh, there's one off the top of the dome where he got robbed on the glove save, walked in all alone. But the, so the point shots are there. It's just I don't. Maybe 
new coach, new team, it's just not fitting like it should, maybe? I mean, that's always a possibility where you just don't fit into the environment, and that's going to kill him, and it's going to kill his wallet by the end of the season. So, But I I do 100% agree. Five points in 20 games, and I think all of those five points came in the first four games, something like that. It's extremely disappointing to see, but I think he will come into his own in this next quarter, 100%. We've seen the flashes of him spinorama in the offensive zone. Um, What other play? Just moving the puck up by so effortlessly. And as I said, the shots, he's generating a ton of shots too. But it just seems like it's not working there yet, maybe because he's not comfortable yet, which, I mean, 20 games, come on, <laughs> you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna come into your own soon, pal, we, we kind of need you, uh, but yeah, 100% disappointing, but I, I'm, I'm confident that he'll bust out of this for sure. Yeah, no, I agree, he, he will improve, he will improve. <sighs> yeah, um... Other disappointing players. Uh, I mean, Michael Hutchinson. I think, obviously I think we've. we've well, that, yeah. Right? I mean, how can you be disappointed in a guy you did not expect anything from? That's the thing. <laughs> That's my thinking on that one. I, I, I mean, Hutchinson was waived. What we got him off waivers like last year. So it's not too too surprising that we a goalie we got off waivers to a year ago and that we played at the least opportune times did not work out so i don't know um yeah i think everyone else has been just i mean marner has been less than what i expected from him and as well as tavares i mean that that's a line that put up 87 and 94 points i think i can't remember how many goals tavares got and it was a truckload but they haven't, we haven't seen that uh, that magic from them that we did last year. Unfortunately, uh, I wouldn't call it disappointed, but uh, I, I wouldn't call them. I'm not mad. I'm just uh, disappointed in them. Any other players you think? No players, but I, I'd like to touch on one other factor of this team, if possible, if that's all right. If oh, of I course. Could have the floor for a second. So I know Mike Babcock is an often criticized uh, coach, especially yes. in the past calendar year. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to criticize him even more. All right? Yep. Here's what I'd like to point out about the first 20 games this season. Here are the teams that the Leafs have beaten in regulation this year. And you say, oh, why, why regulation, not overall? Well, regulation wins me more, as we know, playoff tiebreaker. and. You know, once again, goes for overtime, it can be considered a toss-up. So these There's are the teams they've, random, beaten. Yeah. they've beaten. San Jose, Columbus, Ottawa, Detroit, Minnesota, LA. Is there anything that sticks out about these six teams right now, you think? They all the suck. Those, these are six of the bottom seven teams in the NHL right now. Oh. Those are the teams that the Leafs have beaten in regulation. Let me continue to more specific things that currently bother me about this Leafs team. Their power play has been terrible, as we know. Horrible. And there seems to be a complete unwillingness from the coaching staff to, change to let the players have a little bit more freedom yep. on that power play. Yep. It's the same stagnant positioning that it's been the last four years with Mike Babcock. And you know what? It, it works for a little bit, but it's 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 figured out now. Yeah. We, they know what we want to do on that power play. But again, that's been 
talked about a lot. Another small thing that that bothers me as well on the penalty kill. Oh. One of the most important parts of a penalty kill is the first face off. If you win that face off and get that puck out, yep. it severely affects the effect, or, or effectiveness of the power play. Obviously, if they have to rebreak back in, kill some time off the clock. You have to he re-break back in. Yeah. Let's wingers take the face off. Mitch Marner has taken many shorthanded yeah. face offs. Why? How does that make any sense? I would love. To, I would love to have that explained to me. The only thing I can think of is. I mean, if you let the... I don't know, this may sound stupid, and it is stupid, but you let Marner take the 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 face off because his defensive, on the defensive assignment, he's not as good, and he's more prone to drive-bys kind of thing, but that just makes no sense. I don't know. No, it, it makes no sense. You want to win that face off. I'm yeah. going to keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to point to a quote that may, may have gone under the radar from some people, but it, it really struck a nerve with me. After the Chicago game, where Matthew's line was incredible. He had four points that night. He had 10 shots on goal. They were an absolute force in that game. They were a wagon. They were a wagon. Mike Babcock in the post game said, they were good, but I feel like we played them too much. Austin Matthews played 21 minutes in that game. Yeah. 21 minutes. For reference, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl averaged 23 minutes a game. Yep. And if this was something of, oh, we're going to rest them for the regular season, and I'm sure he'll play them more in the playoffs. Uh-huh, no. uh-huh, uh let's, right. let's remember last playoffs. I'm not going to go back into it, but 18, game 7, 17 or 18 minutes, exactly. 1839, I think it was. Brutal. And, and to go even deeper, if you watch this, this Leafs team this year, there's just, like you said, there's something's not clicking. And, and something very evident, and you can see if you look a little deeper into the analytics, their shot quality mm. has, has gone way down compared to previous years. They're get, generating probably the same amount of shots, but significantly more shots are coming from the perimeter yep. than from in front of the net, which we know is an issue as well. These are all things that... I, that, that these, are, these are all coaching things. At the end of the day, sure, the players deserve a little bit of responsibility, yeah. And people will criticize Kyle Dubas, and, and I'll, I'll be critical of him in a second. But you look at the talent on this team, okay? Be Take everything out of it. Just look at the pure talent on this team. This is, in my opinion, one of the three most talented rosters in the NHL. If you yeah. want to stretch it and say five, that's fine. This 20-game stretch has not reflected that in the slightest. When you look at the teams they've beaten in regulation, and you look at the talent on this team... It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't match. And you know what? At the end of the day, somebody's gonna have to fall on the sword, and, and it's not gonna be one of the star players. They've already changed the assistant coaches. I mean, you know, we're not gonna change anything in the front office at this point. It, it, it's there's only one shoe left to drop, and that's Mike Babcock. Oof. And that's it. I'm sorry. It, it's unacceptable for the team, a team with this much talent, to be playing the way they are right now. Exactly. And, and we, and, and you know what? The, through ten games, we said, you know what? Let's not worry. Let's see it out. Because and actually, in the first five games, I thought they played pretty well. Yeah. And you know what? Tavares did get hurt, but but teams deal with injuries every year. The Leafs have been pretty lucky with injuries over the last couple of years. Matthews has been nicked up for ten, a couple ten game stretches, but other than that, they've been pretty healthy. Look at Babcock's last coach of the year. Why do you win coach of the year? Right, you're right. That year with Detroit, because he because he, he coached a, a coached through injuries. Yeah, and, and you know what? Mike Babcock was the perfect coach when we hired him. Whatever, five years ago, he he did great. That first year we made the playoffs, unexpected. Great yeah. coaching job. 
But since then, he has only regressed. And you know what? I think it's time. There haven't been yeah, enough really adjustments. Yeah. The one thing that I do want to bring up, I was watching a bit of that uh, Panthers-Bruins game before the comeback actually came. Um, the Bruins set up for their power play. And I've always been critical. The Leafs don't move, move around enough. They don't move the puck fast enough on the power play. There was one interesting thing that I saw them do where it was the, I guess... When they're facing the net, the right side guy, so the left-handed shot, where I guess Matthews is, he slid all the way down almost to near where the net was, and then it opened up, so they, they shifted kind of to adjust to that, and then it opened up the center guy. It went from the D down low to the, uh, the left side uh, winger, I guess, there, and then touch pass to the center, and then there was a shot. It didn't go in, but they, they later scored on that power play. But it was just little adjustments and slides like that that you don't see in the Leaf power play for some godforsaken reason. And even the penalty kill that you, you touched on there, my pet peeve with that is just they give so much time. Five on five and on the penalty kill, they give so much time and space to guys on the outside. And we got completely rinsed by Tampa Bay because of it. Because they were just moving the puck so well. And I know the, it, the shot's coming from the outside. But when it's gone, it's when it's touched three sticks on one-touch passes like that. And then it's a one-timer from Nikita Kucherov. Uh, a guy who just eats points. It's going to be tough for the goaltender to save. And they just, like, you haven't seen them adjust a game plan to certain teams, I feel, either. Which has been really weird, but I agree. Which that was an important point you made. Someone's got to fall on the sword for how talented of a team we've constructed, and to not show any sort of results and not play to their full potential is—it's unacceptable. I mean, and 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 you know what? Again, it doesn't all fall on the coach. Uh, the players deserve some of the blame as well. But but answer this question for me. What value is Mike Babcock bringing to this team right now? His ego. That's it. Bab socks. Because they don't play well defensively. They no. haven't his entire time here. No. The, it, the star players right now are playing well because they're the star players. But, I mean, is are, are we playing high high danger chance hockey? Are we, are we getting a lot of scoring chances compared to other teams right now? So they're even underachieving overall offensively. Where is he contributing? The special team sucks. Special teams over the last calendar year has been horrendous. So so what's he doing? Nothing. He's getting paid a lot of money. Which is ridiculous. I mean, I, I can't think of anything that he's done. And the funny thing is, coming into this, there was two situations where someone... uh I saw him do something in game and someone brought it up what it was I think it was Koliakov brought it up what they did with Detroit against a team in the playoffs and I won't name the team because it'll give it away what happened but I saw it was Randy Carlisle when he was the coach of the Leafs was trying to line match really well against Babcock and and then Datsuk ended up scoring but Datsuk was playing with fourth line players and he scored against the fourth line and someone said after the game uh like what happened there like I thought you were line matching really well and how did Datsuk end up on the ice with the fourth line and he said oh like Carlisle said 
he played Datsuk with the fourth line. And it really flustered him, and he, it, it, it was a great coaching move. And then someone else said something, he did something with the line matches against Anaheim. Who was the coach of Anaheim at the time? Randy Carlisle. And so now I'm just starting to realize, I don't think these were just smart coaching plays, I think it was just Randy Carlisle's a fucking idiot. And it made me more excited to get my Babcock than I probably should have been. So, just a little piece there I wanted to throw out. But if you were to explain this quarter season in one word, what would it be? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I'd say underachieving. Underachieving? I'm going to give it that noise that you make when you've gotten just the like not enough sleep and you have to wake up early and actually do a lot that day so just uh, anger yeah fuck i don't know but anyways here's to the the next quarter hopefully it's a little bit better uh if you were to make like what do you think needs to happen Kind of, other than fire the coach, because that's what everyone's saying. Yeah. What needs to happen with this team if they're going to take that step to become that powerhouse in this next quarter? Uh, I I think we need a little bit of a uh, defensive pairing shuffle for sure. I yeah. mean, Kyle Dubas came out in the media today and said that criticize people for criticizing Cody Cece. I, I love Kyle Dubas, but I'm sorry, he deserves a criticism. He does not belong playing Cody in, Cece. in a top four of any NHL team in my opinion especially not the least so that's my opinion I think the bar for him is he hasn't been as bad as people think is, is that the bar you want to set for your top pairing right shot defenseman on a 22 Stanley, Stanley Cup contending team I'm sorry it's not so I think a little shuffle of the deployment there and, and I think I think we need to go back to uh, again this is going to sound crazy but the way they're playing has been suppressing their own offense they're taking too many perimeter shots yeah. if that means sacrificing a little on the defensive end right now I don't care let let the guys get back to where they're getting chances in front of them yeah. you know? and you know what do something on the power play yeah. change something put Barry on the power play even if it means taking off a forward and you go two defensemen three forwards i don't care that's not what i would prefer but do anything right now a wild adjustment i was thinking was putting like you can leave morgan riley or almost have like mitch marner quarterbacking it and then on the left side where marner is put barry there so then you have a legitimate one-time option there as opposed to marner where it's you can almost guarantee it's going to be a pass and then set it up Tavares in front of the net and then Rover be Janssen and then Matthews in his his spot there so then that way you have two legitimate one-time options which a power play should have uh if you're setting up that umbrella like that that's one thing I thought but yeah to me this next quarter they need to win the special teams games yeah like you need to outscore how many penalty kill fucking goals you're giving up to win these games and you're seeing it too, way too often like that they're just not doing that and it's really costing them i mean your five on five play can only carry you so far so that's my special teams has got to be something's i don't know we keep saying this we keep saying the same thing over and over again but it, it's true like something an adjustment needs to be made and then on, and then after the, that adjustment's made, more adjustments are going to need to come. So, 
Yeah. And it's not like we're without options because right now sitting in the AHL, you probably have maybe the number one most desirable coaching candidate that's not currently coaching in the NHL. Is is that a stretch with Sheldon Keefe? I mean, Um, what he's done with the Marlies has been nothing short of remarkable in terms of how successful... Mike Mike Keenan's not signed anywhere. Oh, yeah, sure, Mike Keenan. But uh, not only how successful their record has been, but how well he's developed players that have come to the NHL ready to play. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter think a lot of these players are better before Mike Babcock gets to them. And then once Mike Babcock gets to them, it makes them worse. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but something I definitely see is when these guys get called upon, they're ready to go. And yeah. That, and that some credit for that has to be given to Sheldon Keith. So, yeah, no, I think he's been a, he's done a terrific job. A hundred percent. So I think, I don't know. You can only keep Sheldon Keith down there for so much longer. I don't think past this year, to be honest, I really don't. Like, I, really I know the Leafs did, did it with, uh, what's his name, with Dubas, where they hit him from other teams that were poaching him. I, 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 like, how much longer is Keith supposed to wait, kind of thing. I mean, this is his fifth season in the AHL as a head coach, and he's had a lot of success. And, I mean, um, and with how much success he's brought the Marlies and how many players he's developed up to the NHL, I mean, this guy's going to get some looks from a lot of teams and if the Leafs don't promote him now I have a good feeling he's going to be gone I mean we do have the the, the, the connection the Sault Ste. Marie connection with him which is keeping us alive but how much longer is that supposed to, to last right yeah for sure I, I mean I'm sure they're paying him very well compared to most AHL coaches but at the end of the day it's hard for me to believe he doesn't have his eye on an NHL job in the in the very near future. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think we've. I mean, again, not to mention this one more time. At the end of the day, you can go through all the stats and everything. Just simply do yourself a favor. Look at the players on this roster. Look at their numbers over their career. Look at the talent on this team, and you tell me that they've come close to what their full potential could be with Mike Babcock yeah. right now. Closing, and that's it. If, if, you, yeah. if you think I'm wrong, that's fine. That's just my yeah. opinion. Closing off on that, did you see the Kyle Dubas quote a couple years ago where he was like, we made a coaching change and like it made all the difference with Sault Ste. Marie. It was when he brought in Sheldon Keefe. Oh, no, I, I remember that quote. I remember exactly the speech that he gave, what, yeah. what he was talking about. But here's the thing. I don't think Kyle Dubas is making the decision on the coach. Honestly, I don't. I think that's coming from Brendan Shanahan. So, Probably. we'll see. We'll see what Shanny wants to do. It'll be interesting. Anywho, I think we've covered everything that we need to hear. Uh, as always, thanks for joining me, Josh. And uh, we'll be back next week, probably to our regular time. If not, I don't know. Though, yeah. Thanks for joining. See you next week.